Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. Learn more about the program and our church when you visit walkintruth.com. Now, here's part two of Pastor Michael's teaching in Psalm 30 called, You Have Turned My Morning Into Dancing. I don't know what the Lord lifted you up from. I don't know what your past has been. I don't know what you had created and where you were and how deep the pit was. But we all have something to celebrate tonight, don't we? Because when we get saved, God delivers us. He lifts us up from the bondage of sin and death. He gives us the ultimate deliverance, the ultimate healing. By his wounds, we are healed. And that speaks of our soul or our spirit. But here, David is rejoicing in a healing that he has experienced. And he went through because of pride. And God judged him or disciplined him. In 2 Corinthians chapter 12, the Apostle Paul talks about a thorn in his flesh that he had received. And I want to just show you this as a cross-reference because I think that there's application here. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, all the way to the New Testament. And uh, Paul had, ha- had all these incredible revelations. He wrote this incredible doctrine that he had received from the Lord Jesus Christ about the cross and the resurrection and the, the day of the Lord and the rapture and just so many incredible things. And he says in verse 7, 2 Corinthians 12, because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations, for this reason, to keep me from exalting myself, because God is opposed to the proud, he will oppose you if you're proud, but he gives grace to the humble. There was given to me a thorn in the flesh, notice, a messenger of Satan, which First Chronicles 21.1 indicates that Satan rose up against David, to torment me, to keep me from, notice, exalting myself. Then he talks about praying over that thing, that thorn, whatever it was. And the response from the Lord was, my grace, nine, is sufficient for you, for power or my power is perfected in weakness. And then notice Paul. Most gladly, therefore, I will rather boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may dwell in me. See if this could be our attitude. Therefore, I'm well content with weaknesses, with insults, with distresses, with persecutions, with difficulties for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, what your Bible say? Then I am strong. Back to Psalm chapter 30. David went to the healer. He was afflicted and the Lord healed him. Psalm 119.67 says, Before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now I keep your word. Psalm 119.71 says, It was good for me that I was afflicted, that I might learn your statutes. The very remembrance of the past, says Spurgeon, should tune our harps, even if present joys be lacking. At the remembrance of his holiness, holiness is an attribute which inspires the deepest awe demands a reverent mind, but still gives thanks at the remembrance of it. Holy, holy, holy is the song of the seraphim and cherubim. Let us join in it, not dolefully as though we trembled at the holiness of God, but cheerfully as as humbly rejoicing in it to remember where God has rescued us from. And, And sometimes I have to tell you, because God loves us, he disciplines us. And so some things that we go through are from the direct hand of God. And I'll tell you this tonight. 
If you decide to rebel against God and his word and the Holy Spirit has been convicting you, one thing that you can take to the bank, (laughs) you may not hang this on your refrigerator, but here it is. You're inviting the discipline of God into your life. If you get prideful, puffed up, you, you start not walking with the Lord. Daddy loves you too much. And so he will discipline the one that he loves. And so David transitioned in verses 4 and 5 to that opening praise. And he invites others to praise with him in the congregation. This is what happens to us when we get touched by God. He says, sing praise to the Lord, Psalm 30, verse 4. You, his godly ones. That's the idea of saints there, or those who love God and are loved by God, and give thanks to his holy name. For his anger is but for a moment. His favor is for a lifetime. Weeping may last for a night, but a shout of joy comes in the morning. Now, if the plague that happened to David is the backdrop, then remember the plague began in the morning and it stopped at the appointed time, whatever that time was. But let's just say that it started in the morning and ended in the evening. That would have been a brutal day. If it was just a day, it could have been longer than that. But notice his anger is but for a moment, but his favor is for a lifetime. And that may be the backdrop of Psalm 30. Now, as for me, verses 6 and 7 appear to be a confession of the problem of why David numbered the people. I said in my prosperity or security, shalev is the Hebrew word, when I felt secure, the NIV says, I will never be moved. If you have a New Living Translation, David said, nothing can stop me now. You ever had that feeling? Maybe you didn't voice it. But the job was going good, and you were just doing good, and things were clicking, and whatever it is, the stock market, your bank account, your work performance, your athletic prowess, whatever, and you're like, nothing can stop me now. Watch out, world, here I come. Right? Nobody? You ever done that before? The world's just waiting for me. Or, you know, sometimes that's the idea of the young preacher. Oh, they can't wait until I get in the pulpit. Because when I get in the pulpit, things are going to change around here. Ain't seen nothing like this yet. Apparently, David got a little prideful. The man after God's own heart, the sweet psalmist of Israel, the king of Israel, raised up, spoken of. Saul has killed his thousands, but David is ten thousands. Hit songs written about you. Come on. You know, the biggest, one of the biggest things that we fight is pride. And while this verse could be taken as maybe how David felt afterwards, from what I've studied, the scholars would say, this, is the, this was the problem. David said, as for me, man, I'm secure. I'll never be moved. I'll never be shaken if you have an NIV. Verse 7 seems to affirm this. O Lord, by thy favor thou hast made my mountain even though he gave credit to God, to stand strong. But here's the key. Thou didst hide thy face. I was dismayed. Whenever the Bible talks about God hiding his face from you, that has the idea of fellowship and intimacy being broken. Think think about it on a human level. If you try to interact with someone and someone turns away from you, that's the picture. 
They won't look at you. They won't interact with you. They snub you. That's the idea here. And wherever David was in terms of his view of himself, he got puffed up. He got prideful. He might even have told people, yeah, God's just blessing me through God's name in there. Yeah. But deep down, it was more like, I got it going on. And God, this is the language. He says, you did hide your face from me. And I was dismayed. New King James, I was troubled. New Living Translation, I was shattered. God says, you want to do it without me? You think you got this? Cry out to those false gods of the Babylonians and Assyrians and see if they help you next time. Because they have eyes, but they can't see. They have ears, but they can't hear. They have a mouth, but they can't talk. They have a nose, but they can't smell. Cry out to them. See what they do for you. Remember on Mount Carmel when you have Elijah and the prophets of Baal? and We'll see whose God is God, the one that answers by fire. He's God and the prophets of Baal are jumping up and down. Baal, Baal, Baal. They start cutting themselves. Baal, I'm pleading for you, Baal. Baal, Baal is out of this one. He didn't answer. And Elijah said, maybe your God's on vacation. Maybe, one way to interpret the Hebrew, maybe he's on the toilet. No joke. Reading the newspaper. I don't know. Bail, 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 bail. Well, we know what happened on Mount Carmel, right? God did answer by fire. And it wasn't a pretty day for the prophets of Baal. Step back for a second. America. Did we kick God out of the schools, of the government, of a lot of churches where he's trying to get back in? Hello, you want me into your church? And then we wonder. And I know we've been holding prayer meetings. We've been calling, crying out to God. And, and I know we've done it with fervor, but, but I'm not sure where we're at as a people. And I'm not even sure where we're at. And I'm talking about the overall church in America now. As a minister can stand up and mock, you know, biblical language in a public setting because he's trying to make a point about gender-neutral terms and says, amen, and what, a woman? Is that what he said? And this is the guy that got elected, apparently, in Georgia. Am I correct? Is that, is that the same dude, the, the pastor? Anyway, I think it is. It doesn't really matter, because you see what's happening, right? This is all about political correctness and now gender-neutral terms, and now you can mock the term amen. By the way, you guys know something? Amen is a word actually used for God in the Bible. God is the amen. Is that blasphemy? Do you think God just sits idly by it? You know, he's the same God. And David said, you know, you hid your face from me, Lord, and I was shattered. To thee, O Lord, I called. Now, here's the um, remedy. I called... To, and to the Lord, I made my supplication. Whenever you see supplication, that's intercessory. That's, uh, I'm giving him a request. Verses 8 through 10, repeat the supplication which he offered. Prayer, says Spurgeon, is the unfailing resource of God's people. If they are driven to their wits end, they may still go to the mercy seat. When an earthquake makes our mountain tremble, 
the throne of grace still stands firm. And we may come to it. Let us never forget to pray and let us never doubt the success of prayer. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Thanks for tuning in to Walk in Truth today. Did you know there's more where that came from? Download the Living Truth app to listen to more of Pastor Michael's teachings whenever you want. You can even watch videos. And if you're local to Southern California, you can get updates on church events, new studies, and more. Download the free Living Truth app today. Producer Rob Newton here, and on behalf of Pastor Michael and the Walk in Truth team, thank you so much to our financial and prayer partners. Whether you have given a one-time donation or you have become a monthly partner, you have contributed to our mission to reach out with God's truth to all people and helping listeners like you apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. You've heard that before, right? Well, we mean it. Thanks to our financial partners, we have added three new radio stations this year. Our prayer is to bless our new listeners the way we have hopefully been a blessing to you. If you're a longtime listener, would you please consider becoming a $5 a month partner? That may not seem like much, but every little bit makes it possible for us to continue our broadcasts, podcasts, and free apologetic events. Please become a partner giving at least $5 a month. Visit walkintruth.com to donate or call 844-48-TRUTH. That's walkintruth.com or call 844-48-TRUTH. We'd love to see who's listening, so please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walkin' Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walkin' Truth. Verses 8 through 10, repeat the supplication which he offered. Prayer, says Spurgeon, is the unfailing resource of God's people. If they are driven to their wits' end, they may still go to the mercy seat. When an earthquake makes our mountain tremble, the throne of grace still stands firm, and we may come to it. Let us never forget to pray, and let us never doubt the success of prayer. The hand which wounds can heal. Let us turn to him who smites us, and he will be entreated of us. Prayer is better solace than Cain's building a city or Saul's seeking for music. Myrrh and carnal amusements are a sorry prescription, says Spurgeon, for a mind distracted and despairing. Prayer will succeed where all else fails. And David cried to the Lord, to thee I called. What profit is there in my blood? Now we get a little bit of the content of his prayer. If I go down to the pit where God rescued him from, will the dust praise thee? Will it declare thy faithfulness? Sometimes when we're praying, we kind of bargain with God, right? We might be going through something. If you've ever been kind of at a desperate point where maybe your health was waning or you start to kind of tell God what you're going to do if he gets you out of it, right? Any of you ever done that before? Lord, if you get me out of this, I will serve you the rest of my life. Hey, that, that's not a bad prayer. And I know some people who have done that. Lord, if you get me out, I got much more work to do. I got much more. I'm going to go back to church if you make me well again. Anybody ever done that? Some of you sitting here tonight, some of you watching. That's okay. Because sometimes God puts us in that spot. You remember the children of Israel at the Red Sea? And Yul Brenner, he's not the original Pharaoh, but I like to connect the two. Their God is a poor general. Look at, look at, he's got them against the Red Sea and here's the Egyptian army and then the pillar of fire comes and then God makes a way where there seems to be no way. That's what he does. He's the God of miracles and they pass through the sea on dry ground with the blast of God's nostril. That's a picture that we can understand it humanly speaking. But God blew and the sea opened. He made the sea. He's got no problem doing that. 
What profit if I die? I want to be at the head of the congregation. I want to be that sweet psalmist of Israel. Lord, I'm sorry that I got away from you. Lord, don't turn your face away from me. Lord, don't take your Holy Spirit from me. You ever been there before, Psalm 51? Oh God, forgive me for my pride and thinking I got this and I'm a self-made man and I don't need God. Do you know that recently there was a pastoral fall, one of many, and I say this with fear and trembling because any man or woman could fall at any moment and the pastor admitted, a very prominent pastor, that he was operating in the flesh. He was doing the ministry by the flesh, that is, in his own power. And inevitably, Jesus' words will come to pass. Apart from me, you can do nada, nothing. Nothing that's going to be truly of the Spirit. Hear, O Lord, 10. Be gracious to me, O Lord. Be thou my helper. God is so good that he hears prayers like that, honest prayers. Psalm 54, 4 says, God is my helper. The Lord is the sustainer of my soul. Hebrews 13, 6 says, so that we may confidently say, the Lord is my helper. I won't be afraid. What shall man do to me? And you know that Jesus promised the helper, the Holy Spirit, who now lives in us, has sealed us, empowers us, and we have a helper. All we got to do is call upon his name. But if we walk in the flesh, then we're not walking in the spirit and we get what we get. And so God obviously uh, answered the prayer because he opened the psalm with, you've lifted me up, you've healed me, verse two, you've brought me up from my soul, from Sheol. So the, the prayer was answered. David was saved. God was indeed his helper. And God was faithful to bring joy in the morning. And then our title, you have turned for me my mourning. I was weeping, Lord. I was so sorry for what I had done. You, turn, you have turned my mourning, Psalm 30, verse 11, into dancing. You've loosed my sackcloth. Sackcloth was what somebody wore when they were trying to repent before the Lord. It was an uncomfortable garment. It was a, a sign of repentance and mourning. You've loosed that garment from me and you've girded me or clothed me with gladness instead of sackcloth. You remember in, uh, when the ark was coming in in 2 Samuel 6 into Israel, David danced before the Lord. He danced mightily before the Lord. I remember uh, some years ago we went to Tijuana and I had come from a church where, you know, people were relatively stiff when they were worshiping. I just have to say, <laughs> they're kind of like this with their hymnals out. And I remember going to Tijuana and this church was filled with people and the pastors were all on the front row dancing and they were kind of twirling around and the wives were dancing and the pastors were dancing. And I was like, I started kind of moving with them a little bit. Yeah, 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 yeah. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What's going on? You can dance in church? You can dance on the front row? Some of you are like, Dancing. What do you mean, dance? Well, didn't David just say it? You ever, have you ever danced before the Lord? Ooh, risky. Some of you are just halfway with the hands right now. I don't want anybody to see me. I mean, it took me years just to get here. And slowly, and now I'm waxing on and waxing off. We gotta loosen up a little bit. God has girded us with gladness. Are you glad? Praise the Lord. Now don't get out of control. We don't, we don't want any holy, holy rollers coming down the aisle. You know what I'm talking about. It's gotta be right time, right place. But 
Psalm 150 verse 4 says, praise him with timbrel and dancing. Praise him with string instruments and pipe. Sometimes you just can't help it, right? God is so good. Maybe the reason why we hold back sometimes is we forget, we forget what God has done for us. It becomes routine. Final verse, that my soul may sing praise to thee and not be silent. O Lord, my God, I will give thanks to thee. What's your Bible say? Forever. I will give thanks to you forever. Always keep that song in my heart. Lord, thank you that you've turned our mourning into dancing. Thank you that you, weeping may last for a night, but a shout of joy comes in the morning. Right now, we can have many days when we have a heaviness. It could be consequences of our own decisions. It could be just things that are happening around us in the country or people we love are not doing well. And right now we want to pause for anybody we know who might not be doing well. Uh, Maybe they're sick. Maybe they're dealing with the coronavirus. I pray for the mercy of your healing upon each one, Lord. I pray that you would get them through it. I pray for our frontline workers as well, those who work in hospitals and deal with all this stuff and Sometimes it feels, I'm sure, like a battle zone for them. And I pray that you would sustain them and comfort them and strengthen them, Lord. And uh, sometimes we don't think about those people who go to work every day and have to deal with so much. And I I pray your mercy upon everyone, no matter what they may do uh, for a living or whatever their position is, I pray you'd sustain us. And I pray that we would be uh, just girded, wrapped with gladness tonight, because we know that The things that we go through in this life, they won't last forever. There'll be a shout of joy in the morning. There'll be dancing in the morning. And one day, we're going to be in a place where there's no more sin, no more sorrow, no more pain, no more disease. You're going to wipe away every tear from our eyes. You paint the picture of a banquet and a wedding and truly a party. And we're grateful that that day's coming when the night will be over and the day has come, the new kingdom, the millennial reign of Christ, where you will, be, you will not even need the sun because you will be its light and we will see our God. And these words are faithful and true. Thank you, Lord. Your promises are yes and amen. And thank you for David, for his honesty. Even though the backdrop of this psalm is difficult and we don't understand every reason why you do what you do, we thank you for your mercy. Thank you for sending Jesus to pay the price for us. And I pray tonight that you bless your people. Keep your heart and your head bowed. If you've not met Jesus or you need to maybe uh, receive him for the, uh, for either for the first time or rededicate your life, this be just a good time to say, Lord Jesus, thank you for dying for me. Thank you for taking my punishment at the cross. Thank you for defeating death for me and rising from the dead. I turn from my sin and I place my trust in you. Do you lift my burdens? Do you give me the hope of heaven? Would you help me to rest in your forgiveness and help me to move forward and follow you so my life can be a life that honors you? You've been listening to You Have Turned My Morning Into Dancing, part two on Walk in Truth. That was the conclusion of Pastor Michael's teaching in Psalm 30. Remember, Walk in Truth is on podcast apps like iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Player FM, Stitcher, and many more so you can listen to Pastor Michael's teaching whenever you want. If you're already listening to Walk in Truth on Apple Podcast, please give the podcast a rating. More good ratings means the greater the possibility that new listeners will find the podcast. Thank you for rating Walk in Truth. And remember, if you have not already done it, 
Search and subscribe to Walk in Truth wherever you get your podcasts. Now, here's Pastor Michael. Well, I pray as we go through these psalms that indeed they've been medicine for your soul and that the Lord does turn your mourning, if you're in a time of mourning or grieving, into dancing. And, you know, you can't rush the grieving process. Um, If you've gone through a loss, I I know this has been a heavy year for a lot of people uh, this last uh, 12 months especially. And um, I just say, if you're going through something right now, I, I pray that the Lord will bless you, keep you. His beautiful face will shine upon you and he'll give you peace. Uh, as I said yesterday, we do have a line that you can call if you need prayer or just someone to talk to. We have pastors on staff, 844-48-TRUTH. That's 844-48-TRUTH. Just call during normal business hours, 844-48-TRUTH. We'll see you right here tomorrow. God bless you. One more reminder that Walk in Truth is a listener-supported program. Your financial gift helps us broadcast on radio, provide the podcast, and do free apologetic events. It's all part of our mission to equip you with the truth in the Bible and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. Please consider becoming a monthly partner, too. $5 a month is greatly needed. Please visit walkintruth.com and click donate. That's walkintruth.com. Or you can write a check and mail your gift to Walk in Truth, P.O. Box 2063, Corona, California, 92878. That's Walk in Truth, P.O. Box 2063, Corona, California, 92878. And join us tomorrow for Pastor Michael's teaching in Psalm 60 called, You Have Raised a Banner. I'm Mike Massaro. Hey, thanks for listening to Walk in Truth, where it's our goal to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.